You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. Yeah, love it. Love it. I love that little bass part. Um, Cam Smith, hi. Self-indulgent uh, start to the show, admittedly. Uh, welcome to the afternoon here on 3RRR. Yes, my name is Cameron Smith. Across from me, I have... Matt Stedman. How are you, Cameron? You're looking good. Are you sure you have enough iPads? Um, you got, got a bit, you, I got a bit of glass happening. All these screens all fired up. I have got some glass happening today, and uh, the good news. Look at you multitasking. And the good news is yes. that um, I am feeling a little bit better about. I'm not quite sure why, but uh, last week <laughs> I sort of um, went on a bit of a tangent about environmentalism and an important tangent. Okay, nothing right. wrong with it. Yeah. Anyway, but um, um, I'm good, and maybe it's the fact that I've just come down uh, back from. Um, uh, I, I've been to Apple Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever been to you? No, yeah. I know, I know, I know I'm working on that, Matt. Yes. I've just come, uh, Kellybrook, I was there yesterday, uh, the Cider Festival. We had Phil Kelly in. Yes, who, um, last week. Uh, was espousing this uh, Cider Festival that's been going for years and years and years. You said and it years. was big. I was great. Yeah. It was really, really fun. Uh, huge oak tree. Yes. Um, uh, stage. Um, had the grapes playing. Yes. You know, Ash is playing in the grapes. Um, guy from Dallas Crane. Sorry. Name, forget. Mm. Uh, Doug. Yeah. Doug playing the Doug bass. Doug the bass. Doug the bass. Um, and these crazies. Who were, what was the name of these crazy, crazy people? Did I write it down? Yes. The Quarry Mountain Dead Rats. <laughs> Off their, they might have been enjoying the um, the scrumpy. Really? There you go. That's. Did you see what I just well, did then? And they got up and played afterwards, did they? Yeah, they, yeah but right. it was. We were talking about this before. Yeah. You know, this is bluegrassy. So yes. I don't know. I think you can get kind of hammered and still do it. So it's kind of like death bluegrass. Yeah, heavy bluegrass. Heavy bluegrass. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was all just um, fantastic. I recommend it, and, uh, and maybe I might even try and drag you next year too. Uh, to and it's it. on again today, is it not? It so is on again today. If you're out that way, or even if you're not, two o'clock. Charles Jenkins and the Zhivagos are on. Yes, um, three fifteen. If you want to see a, tr- did I say train wreck? No. If you want to <laughs> see some people nursing some pretty heavy hangovers, because let me just paint a picture for you. Yeah. They were enjoying the scrumpy yesterday because mm-hmm. everybody's carrying around four litre things of scrumpy. Four litres? Yeah, four litres. That's things. a hefty amount of booze. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, but really, really lovely crowd. Like there yeah. was no no rat bags at all. <laughs> but anyway, these guys are getting into it and mm. apparently they were camping on the ground. They're going to have a big bonfire mm. and, you know, taking more and more of these various things while... <laughs> Working themselves into this bluegrass <laughs> frenzy type thing, but they would have been uh, the, the, that party would have been severely curtailed by the events of the night, as in the weather. Yeah, as in the the thunderstorm, like apparently, which was insane. The, which, vengeful, the vengeful god that we both slept through. That's right. So I, I yes. had no idea. I just saw the headline this morning. So I reckon it'll be interesting just to go and see them and see what sort of shape they're in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a it's a really really good event. So um, enough about that. Oh, but also uh, mm-hmm. one thing I did want to just uh, as a community minded shout out. Yes, here's a couple of those uh, <laughs> in the community station that we're in. Uh, just wanted to say, Matt says it so well that when um, when danger threatens, when calamity ensues, yes. what do some people do? 
They run towards the danger. They run towards the danger. And today we're talking about our good friends at the State Emergency Service, the SES, most of whom are volunteers. Yeah, so um, if you're an SES, I drove back from Wonga Park, actually Warrandyte, because I stayed overnight, mm. um, which was ace. And uh, one thing that was really, really ace was just, mm. it was like, 19 or early 2000 traffic yeah, right. <laughs> on a Sunday morning. No like, there. wow, I can see the road and there's not you cars. You get, get to an intersection with one light sequence. It was half an hour to get from Warrandyte to the city. Yeah, really? But I saw three SES trucks and, mm. and cars. So just we complain a lot about this country, rightly so, with a lot of the stuff that's going down. I'm not going there this week. Uh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm <laughs> no. not. But see, I'm, I'm but glass yes. half full. I'm glass half full today, yes. Matt. Yes, yes, yes. And I just want to say a big thanks and a shout out to just being part of the community and just being part of the fabric of our society. Yes. Yeah? And thank you for volunteering. Yeah. Phone calls in the middle of the night to go and fix things. Yeah. And they do it. Yeah. And um, word from Kent, um, just because we had a, a chat and he was telling us hilarious jokes. Kent Goldsworthy, of yes, course. Yes, yes. Producer of uh, radiotherapy. Indeed he was. But he was talking about, you know how there's a Costanza bar? Yes. Well, I'm tapping my finger. I shouldn't do that. I do. Um, I haven't been there. Have you been there? No, I wouldn't even bother. But anyway. Oh, really? Sorry. Just now my colours. <laughs> but apparently <laughs> another one that just... Uh, pff, really? Yeah. Apparently there will be a themed Wolf Creek bar. Not quite sure where. I just I just heard about it. I've never watched that film. No. I don't like scary films. No, uh, apparently that's a very good scary film, so I'm <laughs> certainly not going to watch it. Yeah, and there's... Um, oh, who's the protagonist? Oh, Kent was telling me, I can't remember. But apparently John Jarrett? Nah. No? Nah, there's a, there's a beer. Something Hunter, I think There's a is. beer? Oh, it's in the bar. No, yes. it, yeah, it's in right. the... Yeah, anyway. Mm. So anyway, that's just something. Community-minded hat on more. Just a little bit before we actually get on to the show and tell mm. you what's on. Just want to let you know that it is the 1st of May today. Pinch uh, the punch. For the 1st of... Hey, we didn't do that, we thank God. Yes. We didn't beat each other. <laughs> that's, that's good. Violent, yes. That's good. Hit each other with bricks. Um, or pumpkins. We'll get on to that in a sec. Yes. Um, but uh, today marks the start of the Dine With Heart um, promotion. This is for the Sacred Heart Mission. Yes. Do you know of this man? I do. Tell me. Uh, what do they do that's good? Uh, lots of good things for homeless, yeah. especially around the St Kilda sort of area. Yeah, at-risk homeless people. Yes. Mainly one of the things that I love that they do is that they feed people. They mm. give them they give them a good good bit of food in their guts. Mm-hmm. And their guts stop it. Just they feed people. And the thing they do it for $4 a day. And uh, what is happening is for the month, mm-hmm. you'll find that there'll be a bunch of participating restaurants. So don't be surprised to see a little money box yes. near the cash registers. Maybe there'll be an opt-out. Maybe there'll be special events. Yes. Um, but um, I suggest you give because uh, in these precarious economic times for some, mm. um, let's face it, uh, poverty is two paychecks away for some people. Yes. And, um, yeah, sacred heart, good people. Boom. Agreed. There we go. Boom. Um, what else have I got here? That's, well, maybe we should just quickly talk about what's on the show today. That's not a bad idea. Thanks. At uh, 12.09, Drew was. Uh, Adrian's here from the Hidden Souk. Yes. Um, and his mastermind subject, which we were going to sort of cover briefly, is uh, lily pillies, a uh, bush food that is in abundance around the suburbs and mm-hmm. uh, stuff we can do with them. Yes. If the storm hasn't shaken them all off the trees. And another thing is, um, just as a spice to talk about, is cloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, uh, do you know the the, um, the chemical, what it's called, that gives cloves its cloves? Oh, I do not. Eugenol. 
Really? Yeah. Eugenal. That could be, uh, the, I think there might be a, a giveaway later on in the show, and that might be the... Uh, there is a giveaway. You've, that might you be the, uh, the thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you have to spell it. Oh, really? Yeah, we well, can't make that easy. How am I ever going to know whether I get it right or not? I'll have to look it up myself. Okay, cool. It starts with... No, okay, I won't do that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we got market with John, yes. and then um, uh, the story about a man thinking about his life and doing a bit of a change in his his life. Um, his name is Barry. Mm. Barry Porter is his name. He lives in a, in a, in a hellhole of a place. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah. Renmark, it's pretty dry, it's pretty hot, all yes. right? And what are you going to grow there? Well, you're, you're not going to grow, um, you're not going to do daffodils there. I no, would yeah. say they probably won't come up. Not going to do rice. Just get fried. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm a daffodil. <laughs> I'm dead. Um, he uh, has a thing called coliform capers, uh, which, uh, yeah, his caper is that he has started up a... An industry boutique, mm. um, and um, well, we're going to talk to him about you know what's your caper. Hey, hey. see what I did there, yeah, clever. So there we go. It's twelve eleven here on three triple R FM. Or have we got? A, let me just quickly see. I want to see if there's a saint. Any saints? Nah, really? No, no saints today. Right. But apparently in America it's oatmeal cookie day. There's a reason to get out of bed. Uh, 12.11 here on 3 Triple R. Uh, we're going to be uh, back with the master, the spice master, Adrian from Hidden Souk, after this. Thanks, Hatsis. It's a good place for them. Yeah, it is. I find. Um, you are listening to 3 Triple R with Cam Smith. That's Sid McCross from me. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we say, uh, maybe we can do it together. We go to Adrian. We say, Hello. Hello. That's an interesting intro. That's the first time That's we've great. tried that. I reckon this has got legs. Getting a bit commercial radio here, though. Like, Was it? Yeah, like, you know, the <clears> tile guy. Was it? Sorry, I know you got me all squeaky when you said commercial radio. It's about time to play Battle of the Sexes, I think. Sorry, trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, welcome. Uh, unfortunately, usually you are part of a dynamic duo. I am. Lucy yes, my, and Adrian. My other two-thirds by personality and one-third by weight is at home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, love, that's good. Yep, so I'm going at solo. Have you used that before? I do, actually, yeah. yeah that's, that's very good. A bit of a go-to. But yeah. Lucy, yeah, the, the, the irrepressible uh, Lucy, um, normally speaking, and uh, you've decided you've, you've filled in the bridge. Um, and first of all, Lucy, speedy recovery to you, Dale. I hope you get yeah, better soon. Uh, your mastermind subject is um, two things that one would not think are related, and yet there is a link. We yes. speak of... Um, Oh, but tell me that it's indigenous, lily pilly indigenous, because I'm thinking it's not. Maybe it's not. Well, is it? Yes. Is it bush food? No. no, um, yeah, no. Lily pilly is indigenous. Thank God. Yeah, okay. but the genus it comes from originates just, you know, Gondwana, what is now north of Australia, and all of the Malaccas, you know, Indonesia, Malaysia. That's just the the hot spot. Of where, course, where it's all yeah. From, so. Okay, so it's when these happy happy lands were all together before split asunder, torn asunder by ocean and uh, yeah, when, and tectonic plate action, and when politics was invented. And yeah, right. <laughs> so like, let's get an ocean between us. Oh, I see where you're going with that. But um, so yeah, the funny thing is that uh, they're so different. Uh, one that we see uh, around us, beautiful, beautiful trees. Uh, great sort of they, they sort of remind me of cherries um, in a way sort of uh, magentary sort of cherries oh, I'm going to go with purple just in honour of Prince go they're purple they're, they're, they're purple magentary. all yeah. right they're purple forget forget magenta <laughs> they are purple 
um, and they are blessed because of that colour. Yep. Um, and uh, the thing, my reference for them uh, growing up as a kid in suburbia was uh, being able to pull off the uh, lily pillies, and I became an expert at the lily pilly flick. And as you'd be walking down the street, you'd be able to flick them at people's windows, and they made a very satisfying punk um, and uh, and stained the window too. My God, my my youth wasted. I know. I don't I think know. there was should have been had me around to be able to to you know. Yeah, well, I was from Out Langway. Put so my arm around you around. and whisper into your ear until we both ended up in jail. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but no. The, uh, and Lucy was actually saying that no, they're culinary and they make a really really good jelly. Yep, um, there's actually quite a multitude of... Um, a purple prince-type jelly, we could exactly. we could say, actually. Yep, if we can we track some down. I believe they're, uh, they're not flowering at the moment, are they? Uh, there's, there's berries everywhere. Oh, there are? Oh. Yeah, there are. There I are berries. different trees. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so just grab a bunch of them. You don't even need pectin, just boil them they for got a while. they got the sugar. Yep, they've got sufficient to make jam with, so... And the ratio of sugar, one-to-one? One? Oh, thereabouts. Just, you know... The jam recipe is just sugar and fruit, and the fruit is just switched with whatever, and uh, add pectin if need be. And God, I like you. He's like, yeah, just, yeah, just whatever. Do it, man. Yeah, whatever. Just well, get do you a like set. a sweet jam? Do you like a fruity jam or an acidy yeah. jam? And the, a, a serious thing is, if you want to set to see if it is going to set, is when you've boiled it up, you take a bit and you put it on a plate, and then you let um, from a spoon a tiny bit, and just let it and see if it skins, and that that will give you an indication as to. Uh, whether it will it will set. Ah, oh, okay. I never mm. did it that way, but I, I usually leave the complicated bits to Lucy. Yeah, right, over to you. Yeah. <laughs> over to you. So the the good news is lily pillies are around. If you're near a, um, uh, you know, a crowded uh, kind of street with kind of, you know, the crowded traffic that is the inevitability of Melbourne at the moment, uh, we suggest maybe you give them a wash. Might be a good idea before you... It's probably, you well, I, I would do that with anything. I pull off a tree anyway. You're yep. not sure what's around, what's stuck to it, <clears throat> you know, what whose pets have been around, whether <laughs> the bats have been at it. So oh, the bats, yes. Give it a rinse. I if you're, about the bats. If yeah. you're really paranoid, maybe some vinegar or even a tiny, tiny amount of bleach, but I probably wouldn't nah. recommend that unless you had to. <laughs> That's if you're really... Pa- yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. That's if you look under your bed for things before you go to bed. Okay. So, yes, lily pillies and cloves, sort of unlikely related, but they're actually yeah, in the same family, the Syzygium. Syzygium, Syzygium. Uh, someone who knows more about this than me said Syzygium. Um, and, yeah, so that's a, actually a family of about 1,800 species. Woo, big yep. family. So all the way through Asia, into South America, all through Australia, and all through, of course, Indonesia and Malaysia and where all those other spices seem to come from. Yeah, because we were talking of the, the, the Spice Islands. Hey, they even got named after the stuff that they contained because it made mucho dinero for a lot of people, didn't it? Yeah, well, I, by chance I met someone who actually used to have a show at Triple R, um, Brad Ferrier, and he's yeah. botanist extraordinaire. Yes. And so I was chatting with him about this. I'm like, oh, I've got to go on the radio, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so and did you just put his arm around you like it's going to be all right? Oh, let me just put you straight. Uh, he, almost, yeah. What did he tell you? Um, well, and hi, Brad, if you're listening. Oh, I hope he is, but yeah. Um, no, basically, well, I got a little tip off because I always wondered why are all of the really nice spices or just such a multitude of spices in the same area in these very small groups of islands in the Malaku region or just spread through that area? And so it turns out the Gondwana thing again, flowering plants developed in that area yeah. and then dispersed from there. As the continents split up. So, yeah, that was around uh, 200 million years or up to that long. Really? So, flowering plants as a whole came from there. So, that's why you had such a massive diversity in that area. Yes. And that's why 
of course, has been the centre of so much geopolitical, you know, buffoonery over the centuries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jiggery-pokery. Jiggery-pokery, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, I find we're usually telling the same story, which is that the Dutch East Indies control the supply of whichever spice, in this yeah, case, pick, cloves. Tick, tick one in the yeah. box, yeah. And then the French sent in Pierre Poivre to go and shake things up, and he went then... A- A.K.A. Peter Pepper. Thank you. Yep, and he'd he'd pick a peck and then go go off to Mauritius or Reunion or wherever else he happened to have his gardens established. Mauritius was quite a quite a good place for him to do that, mm. and then he'd attempt to cultivate them. In some cases, he succeeded, was succeeded and made yeah. a, and made a fortune and got the the Dutch kind of bit a little peed bit off at him. Yeah, yeah. that's pizza five. We don't know. Him. Yeah, like like him. yeah. So, um, but. The so cloves themselves grow in is it it's an evergreen tree? Ah, uh, um, yes. Uh, it grows to great heights. The actual cloves themselves are the unopened flower buds. That's right. From yeah. from the from the tree, they're really quite pretty, actually. Um, in I've never seen of, them open. Yeah. Well, in spite of the fact that most people aren't very big fans of cloves, um, a good friend of mine actually uh, is just adores them. They're a favourite spice, and actually, for a wedding, I gave her a painting of uh, clove flowers. Yeah. Which was quite nice, yeah. That went down well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're, no, they're beautiful when they're unopened. They just look like... What colour? They're kind of um, white with little bits of magenta. Or, sorry, purple. Um, <laughs> nice. Prince yeah. purple, yeah. Prince but mainly, purple. mainly white. Um, and they've kind of got little... Oh, if, look, if I had a picture of the, the painting on here, I'd mm. show you. But mm. they pretty much look like a clove that's dried out and brown. Four petals? Yeah. Four petals, yeah. So that's you, you see them, and yeah. Quite. I think it might split into into more of them. I'm sure. Oh, does it? I'm sure Brad would be able to and correct me on that. One of the things, the uh, the thing that uh, gives it its flavour, um, Eugenol. Yes. Is uh, I wasn't going to say the word just in case you were doing the. Ah, oh, the thing again. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> now nah, we'll, we'll 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 keep it going. We might as well keep the info going. But some say that it is. It's really strong and really pervasive, and you've if you are going to use cloves. You better watch out. Well, I think... Um, yeah, Matt's writing that down. I think with clove, and the reason a lot of people have an aversion is not so much the usual, but so much as how it's distributed in the food. If you put mm. the whole cloves in and then you catch a clove by accident and you get you get what Pink Floyd would refer to as a short, sharp shock. Yes. Um, yes. So it used to be like my mum. She used to love putting peppercorns in soup and it was like uh, just going through a minefield. And I go, ah! And my mum was like, "Ah, oh, you got another one, did you?" Yeah, my brother did that with, um, oh, with some that, of that pepper. That. So, yeah, so you you can get the short, sharp shock, and it is quite um, quite full on. Yeah, it's, well, it's extremely potent. Um, yeah. So, if you're wanting to avoid that, you can you can grind them up, obviously, and that way you're not getting one big piece at once. Or, you know, if it's a Christmas ham, then you just sort of tell people to suck it up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, um, hey, deal with it. Yeah, but otherwise, I mean, that that potency is quite useful because, you know, it's quite a well-known folk remedy to chew on a clove if you have a toothache because it's actually... Damn right. Eugenol is a local anaesthetic. It is an anaesthetic and it actually... A, a topical anaesthetic, isn't topical is it? Topical anaesthetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it works. Yeah. Um, Although Wikipedia says there are dubious medical sources... But I'm sure that's just because really? someone hasn't updated the article. Well, yeah, those citations weren't quite in order. No, you yeah. can take it from I'm me. Shocked. They will they will make your your mouth numb. Mm. That is uh, that is one thing about it. Um, and it goes really really well. But again, you have to background these things. It's got to be really really small things like in meat sauces it can can work really really well. Oh, absolutely. And also as an adjunct or a a, a complement to other spice, it eugenol will enhance the perception of vanillin 
So if you're baking, that's right. I mean, if you're baking Lucy foods, yeah, she's, she's a very much an advocate for this technique. Mm. But if you're going to bake something with vanilla in it, and you don't want all that vanilla to just boil away, mm. you add a bit of clove and just enough. You know, I mean, as you know, cooking is all about balance of flavors. If you get too much of one thing, you ruin it. And I think cloves being so small and so potent, it's it's a pretty easy thing to mess up. The same with um with cardamom or oh, cardamom. I always I always put my hand up. Uh, you know, I, I, it seems I've never been able to use cardamom without ODing on it. Uh, and, and what's more, obviously, varying potencies. You know, Australia yeah. being a relatively small market, you get things, you buy it from the shop, but it might have been sitting around for years. And oh, yeah. You put it in there, it's got less punch, so you, you develop your recipe, okay, six, six cardamom, six clove, whatever. Yeah. Then you get a new batch and suddenly it blows your head off. Yeah, what happened? So um, how long can you store cloves for, do you think? Do they store well? And do and they store is, reasonably is there quite well. a yeah? Is there quite a loss in the in the because it's an oil, isn't it? That the yeah that this thing starting with E, which we might ask about later on, um, is is in there. It's it's part of the oil, isn't it? Yeah, it's got quite a high oil content. Um, it makes it quite difficult to work with, especially you know in production. Um, I generally have to put something dry in if I'm doing a blend. It's a bit of a balancing act. But mm. besides that, um, yeah, it's a very resinous spice, and it's also um, Quite, uh, uh, what do you call it? Volatile. Yeah, exactly. So, hey. yeah. Hey. So, generally, the more you can smell a spice outside its mm. packaging, yes. you know, obviously you try and use as high a barrier, but yeah. uh, the more you're losing over time. So, the clove probably won't last as long as something that can be in more of an equilibrium. Like vanilla, you can keep forever if you store it properly, yeah. if the humidity's right and all that. Clove, probably not so much. Um, we try not to keep ours for very long, you know. We're all about freshness, so when we import, we try and move it as quickly as we can. You, you know something that I've noticed about cloves, and this is quite serious. You know, we have um, coffee grinders which become fabulous spice grinders. You know, say I will. I now call you the spice grinder, and a lot of the times it's a stainless steel bowl, mm-hmm. blade going around, ah, the little zhuzhers, and, yep. and then there's a, usually a clear plastic lid on the top of that. I've found that if you try to blitz cloves. It melts the plastic on the top. It becomes opaque because the oils denature the plastic. That's that's been my experience. Surprise me because apparently it's actually used as uh, an ingredient in uh, plastic manufacture. So that wouldn't surprise me too much. Its molecular structure is very small. It's very solventy. Yes, Um, well, it does. It solvents it out. I think now. You know, I mean, my, my spice grinders get so much action, I wouldn't be able to tell which spice is doing what to it. Uh, yeah. We cycle through them quite often, but um, beyond that, we have, you know, obviously more specialized gear for that sort of thing. But yeah, it can be problematic for grinding and that sort of thing. Mm. The old mortar and pestle is always good. Is, and what's well, a workout with cloves because they're tough little, little critters. Tough and squishy and oily, yeah. but then, you know, if you're dealing with nutmeg or cinnamon, you've got similar kind of issues. So. True. Um, we've got Adrian here. You're listening to it. It's 12. 27 here on the station. Lucy couldn't make it. She's sick. Get well soon, Lucy. Um, but uh, it's time now for you to say a plug for your business. The Hidden Souk. How long has it been going for now? Oh, it's been going since 2012, I think, officially. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, still, <laughs> still in kind of... It's, in is that, it in, that in dynamic adolescence? Stage, adolescence, I suppose you call it. You know, we're, we're agile. <laughs> We're small enough we can move very oh, fast. Sorry, I just my coffee just went down weird. But yeah, if you wanted to, find are you innovative too? Oh, we're very innovative. And is this the best time to be alive? As it an is. Australian? No, stop it. There's stop never it. been a better time. Stop it. Yeah. Um, 
How is the business going? The focus has changed a little bit and you're moving more towards supplying for chefs, restaurateurs, the the catering industry per se. And also the distilling industry, which is always a bit of fun. Yeah, of course. Getting fabulous botanicals for distillation, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, I guess our strengths are in sourcing you know, exotic things. Um, yeah, what do you want? You want grains of paradise? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Bang! Boom! Yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, very good stuff, very yeah. fresh, and most importantly, very ethical. Mm. Straight to the farmers, you know, we try and take as many layers out of the supply chain as, as possible. Yeah. Um, that way we can get a better quality, we can pay the farmers properly, and we can actually not have to mark things up too much. So the amount the consumer pays is not going to be obscene, you know, not based on what you're getting, you know, so okay. you're getting you're getting maybe 300% of the product for, you know, maybe 110% of the price. Okay. So thereabouts, yeah. And how can we find out about this? Oh, well, uh, there's our website, which is yeah. probably a holding page at the moment. Um, otherwise... You haven't got one of those black and yellow things with under construction? GIF animations, no. Oh, no my good, my good, web good. authoring software recommended <laughs> against it. Okay, Matt. Yeah, Matt's giving us the wind-up. So <laughs> if you want to go, go to the Hidden Souk. Um, you can get certainly get information and about it. And also we're in Queen Victoria Market, just in the Delhi Hall. It's actually, do you know Tribal Tastes? They stock out. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah, we work quite closely with uh, with uh, Rosie and Kunle, so... Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. So they're in the dairy hall. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Thanks so much for coming on. Not a problem. Uh, lovely to see you. Great. Uh, again, say hi to Lucy. It's 12... Well, I will say it's 12.30. I'll say hi to Lucy and I'll also say hi to Jarvis and Mariana. Okay. If they're listening. Yeah. You've done that. <laughs> and you've done it well. Adrian, thank you very, very much. Matt, thank what are we doing? Much. Tell me. Some music. Really? Yeah. We get music? The kiddies sing. Go, kiddies. <laughs> Triple R. Yes, they certainly are triple R sponsors. And first of all, I'd like to thank all the people that uh, that have come good for us during April Amnesty. Yes. Um, there will be prizes announced for that. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of prizes, Cameron. Yeah, Mark. What an amazing segue. Really? Hey, Good Beer Week's coming up. And we have... Good Beer Week. What a, a great idea. It's a great idea, isn't it? Yes. We have a double pass giveaway to an event, which is happening on Friday, May 20. May 20. In yes. the evening. So Friday evening, May 20. And Friday. the event is called Italian Craft Beer. Beer, yes. a trip through Italy. Now, you got excited. You can win. You, you got excited because we're not actually giving away a trip to Italy. Uh, we're giving away two bugger. tickets to this event. Yes. Uh, so, let me just read this. Italy is home to more than 400 micro-craft breweries using only the freshest, high-quality ingredients that they can source. Matt Stedman, motherhood statement. It's claims. Yes. <laughs> fire Chief. Yes. Uh, the good folks at Fire Chief is offering an adventure of hops and all things crafty as they showcase Italy's hops finest and brews. and all things crafty. And local fair. It's in Hawthorne at Fire Chief. Um, and it's part of Good Beer Week, which, of course, runs from May 13th to 22 with only over 270 events. Wow. Can I believe that? So, um... So, are we actually giving away? Here. If you want to double pass to that Italian craft beer event, yes, give us a ring nine three double eight one zero two seven. And the question, Cameron, as preempted a number of times by yourself, is cloves are a good thing. They are. If you wear them while you're cold, it keeps you warm. In spices, things uh, they're great because actually they can kind of warm you up, I suppose. But uh, we were talking about a compound that is uh, is present in mm. cloves, and if you can name that compound. Well, let me tell you, you will be uh, on a little Italian craft beer, a trip through Italy. If you win. In a virtual way. No, yes. you're not, we're not actually sending you, just <laughs> so you know. Because if we were, this this thing would never have gone to air. You know who else is from Italy? Because we were just taking I'm, 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 I'm just trying to drag us on. Yeah. You can see the second. You know who else is from Italy or from Italian descent? Uh, it would be Miro Bellini. 
Uh, I'm thinking more of John at the market. Oh, you. Yeah. Oh, I see what yeah. you're doing there. Okay, yeah. can we can we do that? Can we do a take two on that? Okay. You know who else is from Italy? No. Who? Who is of Italian descent? John from the market, and here he is right now. Go. I got John next to me. He's got a cup of coffee. I've given him a bit of crostily. We've just lost a son. <laughs> How are you? I'm terrific, mate. How else can you be when you've got coffee and crostily yeah. that someone else brought you? Oh, I, love I brought the, the coffee. Crossley, I reckon, is one of those great bargains. That was like three bucks for a little bag of that. Um, Crossley, if you don't know what Crossley is, John. It's just dough that's been flattened out. Yeah. Cut it with a wriggly, um, wriggly cutter. cutter. Yeah. And then very hot oil, throw it in the oil. Mm. Not quite golden brown, you pull them out because they keep colouring up. The reason I know is because Franco made some last week. Mm. And she's going, I'm tired. I said, look, I'll help you. Oh, really? Yeah, which is unusual. No, no, she don't oh let me help. Help? What's going on? Anyway, so I'm frying a cross yeah, And helping. the first ones, I got two browns. So I said, I've got to try to take them out a little bit earlier. Yeah. So I took them out a little bit earlier. And I had two die for. Yeah. The only problem is they're covered in sugar. Yes. So That's a problem. either put white, no, no, white sugar or uh, icing sugar, and away you go. But they are lovely. This is not something you'd eat every day. What's the Such smell? a treat. Is vanilla, that, vanilla. Little, you put vanilla in. It's a vanilla sugar. Of, um, yeah. And and this is something that if you do use, um, we're completely off track here. But if we do, if you do use vanilla pods, don't waste them. Um, put them into a container with sugar, and that beautiful flavour will impart. And you'll have something to put on your crostoli. Yes, amazing how a little uh, nip of Galliano goes well with it too. You know, I haven't had any Galliano. You're talking about the original yellow one. There is only one original Galliano, mate. There's the that, black stuff's not Galliano. Oh, and there's brown stuff, yeah. and there's, so there's amaretto. Yeah, there's no. a thing about the, the Galliano, amazing on vanilla ice cream. Yes. I remember that. Yes, no one can replicate it. So oh. the amaretto, you buy amaretto, the Sarona, but Galliano is Galliano. The yellow stuff is gorgeous. You have the square bottle for the amaretto. You have the the cone thing That's for the Galliano. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's it. But, yeah, ice cream, amazing. And do you remember the drink, the Harvey Warbanger? Yes. I'm old enough to remember. Mate, and if you had too many of them, jizz, did you get banged? <laughs> uh, yeah, and apparently named after some guy that used to get a little bit off his head and bang his head on the wall. So, Galliano, vodka, orange jizz, very easy to drink. Gosh, that was a digression. Hi, John. Welcome to the market. <laughs> hey, that's what life's about, you know. Yeah, you can't be straight line serious, man. Yeah. Life's about good food, good company, good friends, mm. beautiful weather. If you can get it, if you can't get it, you stay inside. Yeah. <laughs> but at the moment, it's lovely. It wasn't too lovely through the night. I got the baboom over the top of the house a couple of times. And what did you say? The baboom. Baboom. <laughs> I don't know. I must have had a pretty big day yesterday and the, and the day before. Um, <laughs> but I, I slept right through it. Hey, that's good, mate. That's yeah. not a bad thing sometimes. Oh, oh, but apparently it was amazing. Um, anyway, um, have you had a mandarin yet? I have. I you took have. some home yesterday. Yes. My uh, ex-worker, Rose, um, brought me some up. She's working with Callum a couple of shops down. I thought you might have thrown them to, yeah, to you. No, we, we aren't speaking terms. It's right, okay. Yeah. okay. So she brought me some Mandy's up and um, they were not bad. They're not 110% like I like them, but they're still very edible. So you haven't had that Mandarin bliss? No, not yet. We're waiting. They're, they're coming, they're coming. Right. Look, like I always say, the first of a crop and the last of a crop are not always exceptional, but mm. still worth eating. Yep. 
So you wait a couple of weeks and then you pick up these beautiful, natural, orangey-coloured mandarin and you break them open and uh, suck the uh, flesh out of it and they're beautiful. Even if you get a little bit of that pith on your skin, it's not like some of the citrus that if you bite them you get that very bitter taste on your lips. But it goes and it leaves a beautiful taste in the mouth. So, yeah, so... How much? Get it, um, There's 250 across there. 250, yeah, oh, which is not bad for a starter because later in the season when we get into the different varieties, you can pay 4 and 5 and even $6 a kilo for good mandarins, yes. depending on the variety. Yeah, honey burkots so, and Allendales towards the end there around about 6 aren't they? That's right, but yeah. they're beautiful big balls of water and sugar because uh, that's all you can describe them as. I, I can't wait. Actually, I'm really looking forward to that. Hey, what's that over passion fruit over there? I, seven I saw for, some huge Is that seven for two fruit? bucks? Yeah, now's the time Gee whiz. to make passion fruit ice cream. Pavlova. Pavlova. Um, passion fruit in your uh, lemonade drink. Passion fruit in your yogurt yeah, in the morning. Uh, in the yogurt. Good. Look, yeah. I'm not a, a, a real lover of yogurt, but yeah. with a little bit of passion fruit, fruit, through it, it's Sunday, nice, don't forget. Nice work, did that. Well. <laughs> it's refreshing yeah. and revitalising. Yeah. Good for the stomach. And what a beautiful aroma. Passion oh, fruit have just got... It lingers. Oh, oh my God. That's, um, just had a reaction to that, thinking, I want some passion fruit. Uh, bananas are sort of keeping pretty pretty good. Yeah, you can pay $1.50 to two fifty depending on the size and quality. So yeah. now's the time to um, pick up again... Um, you know, you're making the smoothies and whatever else. I've, I've had an abundance of banana cakes coming from Franca, so... You know, speaking, speaking of, um, you know, yoghurt and, you, you know, you can sort of take it or leave it type thing, I have fallen in love with actually a supermarket product or a, a, a thing that is in the supermarket, right? Jalni yoghurt. They've always had good yoghurt. They've always had good yoghurt. I've always had that biodynamic, and once I had the vanilla one, it was just, ah, it's just too sweet and awful. But I picked up the, the coconut one. Oh, oh, there's a few of them making coconut. Yeah, and if you make a smoothie with um, a banana, a fair bit of this coconut yoghurt in there, and then milk, sort of like a, a banana lassie, I guess. It is, but Jesus, you know God. what I found when I did that? Because I've been ahead of you, I've done that already. Uh, you're always ahead of me, uh, John. It slowed me down from eating. I didn't eat as much for lunch that day. Yeah, because it's all beautiful. It fills you up, you know, and you feel content. And and you've had that burst of energy from it as well, which is good. And you've got the probiotics that everybody is telling us, you know, the fermented sort of stuff that we need. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to the fruit and veg. I noticed (laughs) Robbie's got some um, custard apples that look beautiful. Yeah, but I ate the ugly ones because I like mine overripe. He keeps telling me I'm a sick puppy, but what do you do? Yeah. But when they're nice and fresh, you open them up and the aroma hits you and you nearly fall over. And then the sugar hit hits you. And and then, you know, you can remember the flavour an hour later. And that's saying something. Because a lot of things you eat, five minutes later, you've forgotten already. But the flavour lingers in the taste buds and it's beautiful. So even though if you pay quite a few dollars for a big one, it's worth it. And, you know, you have fun because you break it open and it slops out. And then you suck the white stuff off the black seeds and you look at the beautiful shiny black seeds and you marvel at nature. They, they are a beautiful thing, aren't they, the, the, the seeds in, in a custard apple? They are shiny, they're smooth, they're kind of gorgeous. And, and I love things that make you stop and think about life, which is good because 
Sometimes you eat for the sake of eating. Mm. But when you find something that stimulates thought, it's very good. Like even a passion fruit. Mm. You know, if you don't open up the passion fruit properly and you bite it and you get it on your lips, you say, well, I shouldn't have done that. And maybe there was a reason the passion fruit's got a protection. But if you cut them open properly and eat the insides out, you've beaten nature because you've yeah. gotten to the seeds, which is what the passion fruit's job was, yeah. to make the seeds for the next generation. So, you know, you've done something the right way. And then, you know, when you break it open and eat it and you remember the flavours later, it's very good. Yeah, yeah. What else are you um, you're looking forward to with um, with the stuff that's around today? Oh, I've been eating some beautiful crunchy brown pears. Yep. And I took home some green juicy ones for the others because I like them crunchy and they don't, so... We've been eating them. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to getting into eating bigger avocados than the little small ones because they've all been very ordinary lately. So, and we might see the reeds come in. I hope so. The reeds, so, of course, folks, are the um, they're the very round ones. Beautiful flavour. See, every avocado uh, variety is different, and you treat them yes. differently. One you put uh, oil on, one you don't. You put lemon on. Um, and so, one's buttery and one's not so buttery. So, so say the hass you would put oil on. Yes. A reed you might not need so much oil. I probably still Just would put lemon. a little bit of oil, but I'm 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 getting where you're coming from because they're big and they're luscious and they're and they're full of natural oils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. yeah. and just a little bit of salt just yeah. to break it a bit. So you know that I like to put on my toast in the morning. So I'm looking forward to that. Mm. I see a few bigger um, avos at the moment, but you know we're getting there. Yeah. Um, strawberries. You've been eating strawberries. I haven't because must be Victoria's finished. Sorry, I'd say so. There's a few stragglers around. You'll see them dime a dozen. Yeah. Uh, I stopped eating them for that reason because you'd open up, there'd be three or four bad ones in a punnet, even Mm. if they were fresh because of the weather. Mm. Uh, And um, I saw some big juicy Queensland ones yesterday, so they must have just started. Okay, that sounds good. All right. um, Now we've got some tomatoes. Oh, here we go. Some. I brought out some things from the front of your place just to show off the season, and we've got. First you of all, I've got the colour for me. Oh, gee whiz! Very, very of chartreusey green. That one is. Yeah, good. sort of green good. with maybe a little bit of white almost in it. Yes. Um, this the, the other one uh, John's holding up, which is a Roma tomato, which is one of those ones. It's called the Never Wills. This will will never ripen <laughs> uh, because it's got to the end of its time. Oh, it's actually, dead. this one might. Uh, yeah, it may, it may, but um, you wouldn't need it to be so sharp. Yeah. Now. The reason they're green is because the plant died, the mother died, not feeding the tomato. They'll never ripen, like you said. Mm. But to have a fry-up with these and red ones and pink ones uh, and, and then even to put a drop of vinegar in it and uh, to break it again, plenty of parsley and garlic and have it on crusty bread, it's beautiful. I'm going to do one more, one yeah, more, yeah, one more. Yeah. Take them, take the slices, dredge in polenta. And then fry it up. That's a Rosa Mitchell yeah. recipe, and it's awesome. A bit too trendy for me. Oh, stop it. <laughs> hey, Rosa Mitchell, that's, we're talking Siciliano, mate. We're talking yeah, old they, school. Actually, mate, they, these southern Italians, they do cook up the uh-huh, stone. Right. Uh-huh. Can't knock it if it works. All right. But what a lot of other people do is, uh, all cultures actually, mm. slice them up, yep. salt 24 hours, vinegar 24 hours, squeeze the uh, juice out of them, Yep. Put them in a jars full of oil, Bang. and then you're eating your pickled tomatoes on toast. Done. Or we make an Aussie pickle, yes. which is probably uh, more English than anything. Bit of mustard powder. Mustard powder, uh, salted overnight first, yeah. but not vinegar. Turmeric. 
turmeric yeah. and all the other stuff that goes in. I've got plenty all of spice. recipes if people want them. Maybe. Uh, yeah, no, allspice, no. 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 Um, and it's cooked up and you get a beautiful green um, chutney or pickle. Yeah. And that goes really well with ham and pork and stuff. Done. Pick of the market. Pick of the market. My heirloom tomatoes, these come from South Australia. Beautiful. Last week I had some that came out of Keelor Flats here in Melbourne, of all places. Yes. The tomatoes are still spectacular, so that's my pick. Broccoli still a little bit dearer. Brussels sprouts, which we were talking about a while back, have started. I've put them on. Yeah. They're five bucks a kilo. Wait for the frost. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. Don't worry. Uh, um, and the parsnips are back to normal again. We've got beautiful big parsnips. Beautiful. I make a puree of parsnip chips or even rice pumpkin, uh, rice parsnip yep. with the rice pumpkin. What do I say is normal? Come and have a look. Pick the eyes Pick out of the, the market. Pick the eyes out of the market. Oh, Make yes. your menu while you're walking around. Don't bother about doing it at home. Yes. I get these people with their iPhones and I need two onions. I need one potato, you know. <laughs> Stop Sorry. that. Sorry. Sorry, folks. All right, we're going to go. John, as always, um, lovely to see you. Enjoy the crostily. You've coffee. hoovered oh, the coffee. Mate. All right, yeah. mate, I better get moving. I'm yeah. going to get to the station. Have a gorgeous day. Thanks, John. As always, yes, lovely man he is. Uh, 12.48 here on 3 Triple We've got a little bit of housekeeping to do. First of all, um, someone who did come in and uh, paid for his subscription during the April, April amnesty yes. uh, was a guy called Mark Folletta. And he was from Benella, and he brought us in something a little bit special. Yeah, not only did he pay for his subscription, he brought in... The giant pumpkin that probably weighs about, I don't know, 15, 20 yeah, kilos. It's, it's, it's a it's heavy big, pumpkin. It's hard big. to lift. Um, have a look at Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Twitter handle's got a, a picture of that. And the big good- ups to uh, Alison who took away the um, Good Beer Week event as well, Italian Craft Beer, a trip through Italy. Uh, Google it if it sounds like something you want to go to because it sounds pretty good. Does indeed, does indeed. Uh, we are going to be talking to Barry Porter mm. from uh, around Renmark area and uh, we ask him what his caper is. And we're going to do that after this. Triple R's the station you're at, and uh, we use the miracle of the phone to go across the country. Uh, and uh, we have on the line Barry Porter, and we wish him a very, very good afternoon. Hi. There he is. How are you, Barry? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Can you tell us, um, first of all, where are you situated? We are situated between Berry and Barmer on the River Murray in South Australia. We're about... Uh, 40 kilometres east, uh, west of the Victorian border into South Australia. And of course you are the, uh, proprietor with your, uh, with your wife Helen of, uh, Colifon, am I pronouncing that right? Colifon Capers? Colifon Capers. Yeah. Colifon is an old Greek word meaning the finishing touch or the summit, the best. Took us a long time oh, to find good. the right name. That's a, that's a nice two names, the finishing and the best. And and this is interesting because what we see is uh, you are um, making a, a, a pretty good living from using something that has been a condiment for, let's face it, thousands of years around the Mediterranean. Well, that's correct. It, uh, history goes back probably 5,000 years to the Sumerians. Really? 5,000? Yep, definitely used by the Egyptians, the Greeks, in the Gobi Desert in China, which is probably the origin of the caper plants before they were spread out 
through the rest of the Northern Hemisphere. Yes. It's quite new in South Australia, or in Australia, but there are native capers growing in the desert areas of Central Australia. And what was the genesis of this idea? I mean, how on earth did you go, you know what I want to do? I want to, <laughs> I want to grow unopened flower buds. And yeah. yeah. Um, How did that start, basically, Barry? Basically, retirement was looming. Yeah. We had a few years to go, but we wanted something we could do together, mm. something we could um, put our own touch to, and we basically started to look around. We had a set of criteria, you know, no rainfall, not a lot of money, a little bit of land, mm. and a very hot, dry desert area. Because this so is a, it's a, it's a tough environment that you inhabit, isn't it? Well, that's correct. Our average rainfall is supposed to be 250 mil, 10 inches, but the oh. last few years it's probably averaged about 200 millimetres. Wow. Yeah, okay. Hot, dry, mallee, desert sands. Red, red, uh, red soils? Red soils, a yeah. little bit of clay underneath. In other words, uh, anything that will grow in the northern hemisphere in the deserts should grow in our desert with um, a little bit of extra water anyway to get them started. And so you started this about 10 years ago, I think it was 2006, and you... 2006 we planted our, put our first plants in. Where'd you get them from? Where'd you, where'd you get the first... Um... There was one grower in Australia, Australian capers down at Manham. Yeah. And when we saw his patch, they were growing on straight limestone rock on, wow. well, a couple of hundred metres from the banks of the Murray. He was giving them a little bit of extra water. Yes. But mainly salt water, groundwater. Um, they will handle up to about four to 5,000 EC, so that's very, very salty. Well, well EC, and what's EC? EC is electrical conductivity. It's a measure of the amount of salt in the water. So seawater is about 30,000 EC, so um, one-sixth of seawater they will survive on. Wow, well, you impressed Matt, because uh, yeah, I saw the, the bottom lid come out and go, ooh, <laughs> he, 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 he liked that. Now, and this was, so I'm supposing this would have been, if we use the generic, uh, the genus, so this is Caparus uh, e enormous. Caparus spinosa. Not spinosa, though, because you, yours don't have the spines. No, we've bred them out. Yeah. Australia was the first country, there wasn't... A uh, few old Italians around who had a few plants come up, and this was back in the 60s. Mm. They've always had a few plants in Australia, nothing commercial. And a few of their plants didn't have spikes, yeah. which is very, very good um, for picking especially. So basically they, um, from the seeds from those plants, they got some plants that didn't show spikes even um, uh, in, after several generations, and that was the start of the caper um, non-spiky spinosa in Australia. Well, this would have made you happy because you're the guy, actually. Well, you and Helen are the ones that um, have picked them, and from doing that, you've created an unbelievably successful business. Most of the stuff, the majority of the uh, capers that you produce and caper berries um, mainly go to chefs around Australia 
with a very that limited amount um, available to uh, to buy. But the one thing that surprised me that I wasn't quite sure of, and you confirmed, is the fact that the capers and the caper berries are from the same plant. The capers and the caper berries are from the same plant. The capers are the small uh, open flower buds. Yes. If we miss picking them, go away for a few days. Uh, um, they get too big to pick. Well, they just get a bit larger flower, get pollinated and turn into the caper berry, which is the actual fruit of the plant. And then get to hang out maybe from a martini and uh, li- li- life <laughs> yes. is good. But look, we've only got about, oh gee, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Um, okay. Can you tell me, Barry, capers for those uh, that, first of all, look for your stuff, but if we have to use sort of a generally inferior things, what are some of the great things to uh, use capers for? They are fantastic as an addition to any sort of Mediterranean food, especially pizzas and pastas. Yum. But the chefs are really doing all sorts of extraordinary things with our products because ours don't have that harsh salt flavour. Mm. Because we use, actually we use a Victorian salt, underground water salt from Sun Salt and the Mildura. You use the Murray, Murray salt, the pink one? The River Murray salt, yeah, we use the raw version of the pink salt. And they just don't have that harsh salt flavour. Yeah. So the chefs can add them to quite delicate foods, very delicate whiting, make an oil sauce, throw a few capers in. They pop like popcorn in a hot sauce and then pour it over the fillets of whiting or whatever. They're fantastic with your steak tartare or anything like that. Little meatballs, stick one caper in the centre of it. They have a heap of juices. I do try to get your um, gastric juices flowing, anybody I'm talking to. Um, (laughs) The other thing that we've done is developed a technique for pickling the caper leaves, which um, are a delicacy overseas, but most of the overseas ones are soft, grey and mushy. And it took me three years, but ours are green, fruity, crisp. And, and have the chefs just love them. The most gorgeous structural integrity. Well, look, congratulations. It is Colifon. Um, and uh, we'll have a link on that on our website. Thank you so much for having a chat to us, Barry. Congratulations. No problems. Thank you. Oh, pleasure. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. That was Barry Porter. Um, thanks for listening to it, hmm. Matt. Lovely show. Enjoyed myself today. Yes. Um, coming up, Political Asylum, a new show here on Three Triple R FM. Um, we've got uh, we've got Sean. I think that's Sean Barber. Toby, we've just had a chat to. Looking forward to uh, mm. seeing him and Matt. And uh, on today's show, unions, ethical banks, and sex toys in the U.S. federal election. <laughs> Don't miss out. Says good. See you next week. Done. See you next week. You have been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au.